From the heart of the Carolinas, aiming the cannon of truth at strongholds of stupidity. Who, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? So we need to stop that beef on or impoverish the cops crap. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. Yes, live and in person. And hopefully, building a catalog of new best of radio programs. (laughs) Glad you are with me this morning. And I hope you had a wonderful time over the Christmas holiday. Perhaps during the course of the broadcast today, we can have some conversation about that. How things went for you for Christmas. And share just what it is that made this time significant for you. Be very curious to find that out. Also, during the course of the broadcast today, we'll talk about related subjects, holiday travel. It's been an incredible nightmare for a lot of people. I'm sure a number of you have watched what's going on with Southwest Airlines. It is absolutely stunning to see the meltdown that has taken place with that major airline. Absolutely unbelievable. We will talk about that. Also, the aftermath of the big omnibus bill that was passed last week so senators could run off to their holiday plans while they leave you with the bill. We have several reactions to omnibus. You'll be surprised to learn of a Democrat who voted no. A Democrat who strongly objects to the process. And then you'll hear Marblemouth, who seems quite pleased with how everything went. We'll talk about this during the course of the broadcast today. Just a sampling of some of the things that we will address. I want to begin on a happy note. And is it not fitting during this festive holiday season that we share a story of hope, a story of fulfilled wishes, fulfilled dreams. You know, it's really interesting that the whole story about Afghanistan has completely faded out of the news. Have you noticed that? I mean, it's not surprising. We all knew this was going to happen. And we've got... Some of the wonderful folks who have served us in Afghanistan, folks who love their country, who love their families, who we made promises to, commitments to, many of them are still there. How long has it been now? So I thought it fitting that we share a story with you. A very encouraging story about what took place just yesterday. What you will hear now is a story from Peyton Furtado from WYFF in the upstate, where we begin our broadcast today. It's about an Afghan family reunited after a year apart. I want you just to think about that for a moment. Can you imagine if you had a young family, a wife, children, 
and you had to spend a year apart, not just a year apart because someone's on vacation, but a year apart because you as a man have left your country and your family is potentially in danger back in Afghanistan. That's the story that you're about to hear about Mohammed Khalil Safi. Here's the story. It's reported by Peyton Furtado from WYFF. It was something like dream for me. Right now, so I'm very excited. Even I cannot talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Mohammed Khalil Safi waited anxiously at GSP Airport Wednesday afternoon for a moment he never thought would come until... It's been a long time coming. I think that what they've been through is a special kind of heart. This is the first time in over a year Safi has seen his wife and six children in person after escaping Afghanistan. There, he worked for the U.S. Embassy. Our mission was that we work for human rights, especially for girls' education. So we were like promoting girls' education, human rights. So right now, it's very, very bad news for me, for all Afghan people that they do not let girls to go to university or school. When Afghanistan fell to the Taliban, he became a target. Maybe they will torture us, maybe kill us. So, yeah, the life is hard for us. He tried to flee with his family, but they didn't have the travel documents to follow him. When he left, his quality time with them transitioned from Friday afternoon outings to FaceTimes and WhatsApp messages. His family stayed in sight, hiding from the Taliban. Thanks to Lutheran Services Carolinas, Safi found work and a home, working alongside the U.S. Embassy to bring his family to American soil. It's not something that's happening often or quickly or easily at all. It's very much a a long, painful process full of a lot of waiting, but it's happened once, so hopefully it'll happen again. Until Wednesday, when that dream became a reality. They will be safe here. The second thing, they will learn education. And the third, they will have a bright future here. Isn't that awesome? I think this is an absolutely awesome story. So excited for this family. You know, and it's very different when you watch and you see the expressions of relief and joy with this wonderful family reunited in the upstate. Absolutely awesome. And we wish them the absolute best in their future. Also, another encouraging story to share with you. There's been a lot of attention focused on the IRS. You had probably heard the IRS was going to enforce a new reporting rule on payments over $600 on those third payment apps like Venmo or PayPal. You talk about providing another set of headaches for a lot of taxpayers to go through and track all of these transactions and report this. Aside from the potential tax consequences of this, well, the IRS has given us a little bit of a gift. And I'm being very facetious when I share this with you. They've decided this rule is going to go into effect in 2024. They've delayed it by one year. This is for Americans who made more than $600 online through third-party apps like Venmo or PayPal. 
Doug O'Donnell, the acting IRS commissioner, said the IRS and Treasury heard a number of concerns regarding the timeline of implementation of these changes under the American Rescue Plan. To help smooth the transition and ensure clarity for taxpayers, tax professionals, and industry, the IRS will delay implementation of the 1099-K changes. Well, this is after a fierce backlash from Republican lawmakers, small business owners, and tax professionals. But again, this is not over with. It's just delayed a year. Isn't that just wonderful of them? (laughs) Much more as we continue our Thursday broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the broadcast, if you'd like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110, 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. And over on that text line, already active this morning, we begin here, someone making reference to Omnibus. Did you know the government has developed rest areas and cool spots for salmon? <laughs> Another example of how Biden and the Democrats work. Spend millions on the environment instead of just teaching salmon to swim downstream. Happy New Year. That's from Dean. <laughs> Vince, you gave me an epiphany. My wife is like the government. After the holiday, she ran off to visit her sister. Left me with all the bills. Oops. On this tax issue, so let me get this straight. So the $600 tax change goes into effect 2024, so no one sees the tax implications until the end of 2024, just after the next election. Hmm. (laughs) Dean writing, I heard Russia's escalated missile strikes in the Ukraine, the result being three people injured, one of which was a child. This just proves the war will never end. And like Afghanistan, we will just move on to a new conflict. Money, money, money. Just follow the money. I'm praying for the victims of this war. I'm glad you are, Dean. The sad thing is, there are no winners. Plenty of losers. Plenty of people. Lives lost. Injuries. Lives disrupted. Property destroyed. Displaced. We also have this... How about Duke Energy and the rolling power outages? This was totally unexpected. With a later apology. They raise our bills yearly, but they can't keep up with the power grid. You know, this was a shocker. I'm trying to remember this. I think it was on Saturday. I think I had a breakfast meeting with someone. And right before leaving, the power went out. So there was some relief. Hey, this guy was saying, hey, I left at a good time. As you know, your governor, Roy Cooper, expressing on Monday his deep concern about those who lost power over the Christmas weekend, but did not receive any notice from Duke Energy about the temporary blackouts ahead of time. See, that was kind of interesting. Did you hear any warning that this could possibly happen? The governor made the comments on Twitter demanding the Charlotte-based company provide him a complete report on what went wrong 
and for changes to be made. Duke Energy, according to the Observer, implemented the rare move of rolling outages in the Carolinas Saturday morning, Christmas Eve, to help offset demand during one of the region's coldest Christmas days in years. Hundreds of thousands of customers across North Carolina and South Carolina unexpectedly left without power. Now, the company was asked about the governor's criticisms. Duke Energy spokesman Bill Norton said the company plans to thoroughly evaluate the way it serves customers during extreme conditions. We were not able to communicate as proactively as we normally do, given the dynamic nature of the situation and fast-moving events. (sighs) Who writes this garbage? I mean, seriously. In the Charlotte region alone, There were 100,000 outages Saturday, mostly due to the temporary blackouts. They were supposed to last 15 to 30 minutes. Duke was restoring power to about 10,000 customers at a time. Many people said they waited hours to see their power come back. I know the friend that I mentioned. I think it was hours for him. So, at some point, hopefully we'll get some answers on this. At one point, about 100,000 customers in the region without power. Did this affect you? And what are your thoughts on this? What was going through your mind as the power goes out? I mean, think about it. Many of you are getting ready for Christmas. And it's kind of a... Critical and crucial day, right? It's like, what in the world? Let's talk about the ongoing holiday travel debacle. It was kind of interesting, and and frankly, I was a little bit surprised when I saw all of the delays taking place and saw what was going on with Southwest Airlines just a few days ago. Most of these cancellations are Southwest. As of Wednesday morning, 86% of the canceled flights in the U.S. were from Southwest. They wiped out 2,500 flights yesterday. 2,500. So what in the world is going on here? What is the real issue at the heart of this thing? What is it that they are doing or not doing that is different from all of the other airlines that seem to be doing quite well? You know, one of the challenges of this holiday season, when you have... um, you know, here's, here's this isn't really a secret, but what the airlines like are full flights. They don't like flying around half-empty planes. You don't make money that way. It's better to be oversold than undersold. Because ultimately, that's how you make money, filling up those planes. Now, the downside of that, if you have a cancellation, because the flights are full, It may be a while before you get a seat. I ran into one family at the airport. I think it was on Saturday. 
And they were trying to get to St. Louis. I don't know what city they came from, but they were going through Charlotte. And I guess they missed their connection. They said, well, we're going to have to go to a hotel. Because it'll be two days before we can get to St. Louis. That's just the reality of what happens when you have a canceled flight. The other ones behind it, they're already full too. So they've got to go sometimes days out to get where they're going. I thought it would be interesting to you as we have a conversation about this. And I'd love to hear your stories if you have been affected, especially by some of this mess connected to the bad weather. But also the Southwest debacle. I'd love to hear from you if you'd like to call in or text. But I think one of the first things we'll do, just for amusement's sake, is to let you hear a bureaucrat slash politician. Because this is a perfect example of how much they know. You know what it is? Nothing. They can boast about, oh, we've got everything under control. It's all wonderful. It's great. It's terrific. (laughs) Until it isn't. You're going to hear one of those boasts and much more. As we continue our broadcast, stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, over on the text line. This texture says, Vince, isn't it in periods of extreme weather we need power the most? Uh, yeah. Duke Power Blackouts, a harbinger of a future under Democrats' Green New Deal. Just a small taste of ever-growing government interference. Also, this person saying there was a warning that these power outages were coming. And it came when when we began to allow a government-controlled monopoly. It was allowed to base our energy production and consumption on the assumption the most catastrophic predictions of climate change are true as opposed to market demand controlling production. The result? Inevitable. On the issues with Southwest Airlines, my brother's family was here visiting, but when their Southwest flight was canceled, they had to rent a car, leave a day early, and drive 18 and a half hours home to Minnesota. My gosh, none of us are happy. 18 and a half hours. I'm sure the kids were just absolutely thrilled about that. Oh, boy. Vince, I suspect Duke saw a way to make a windfall profit selling power to Yankees at higher rates than they can charge us. This needs to be investigated. Hmm. We also have this. Want to thank you for being here when... Everyone else wants to be off for the holiday. Rest assured, a lot of us listeners are either alone or need some social interaction this week. Thank you for giving your time. Many listeners do appreciate it. Happy New Year from all of us live listeners. Thank you. I appreciate that. We also have this. Happy New Year, Vince. I'm texting thank you for the training I've received by listening to your and other WORD show hosts. I feel obligated to other listeners to warn them. Speaking Democrats comes with adverse side effects, including but not limited to nausea, dizziness from shaking your head, no, and jaw pain caused by your jaw dropping constantly. (laughs) 
Thank you again, and God bless us, everyone. Oh, my goodness. So we've been talking about what has happened with power issues, and we started to discuss what's going on with the airline situation. Most of these troubles are connected to one airline, which is Southwest. I want to take you back to three months ago. This was Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg making an appearance with late-night comedian James Corden, basically assuring us everything was going to be fine with holiday travel. You ready for this? Here is Mr. Buttigieg. I think it's going to get better by the holidays. We're really pressing the airlines to deliver better service. So many people have been delayed, mm-hmm. been canceled. Mm-hmm. It's happened to me several times this summer. And uh, the, the, the fact is they need to be ready to service the tickets that they're selling. Now, the good news is, you know, the, the people are going back to the skies. They have the income. They have the inclination. We've put off holidays. We've put off trips for two years. We're finally doing it again, which is great. Uh, but... We need to make sure that the system is ready. So we're taking a number of steps. And and if you've ever been mistreated by an airline, if they haven't given you the refund they owe you, if they haven't lived up to their customer service obligations, we will have your back. You can come to our department, uh, file a complaint, and we will on our website we're making it clear right now what your rights are. And uh, even just by, we put up a new tool just a few days ago to let you know airline by airline what to expect if you do have a problem. Will they give you a voucher for a hotel if you get stuck? Will they take care of a meal? Will they rebook you on another flight? Just since we announced that we were going to post that on our website, we went from zero of the top 10 airlines committing that they were going to provide a meal or hotel, for example, to eight out of 10 doing it. So we're, we're pushing them. They're responding. But when they actually fail to, to live up to the rules, uh, there's serious enforcement behind that. And we want to know if that's happened to you. Already. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Once again, the government has everything under control. So don't worry your pretty little head off. (laughs) I came across something. My friend Jay Breezy, who is a flight attendant for a major airline, he posted this on social media to help you understand those of you who are curious about what's gone on with Southwest. I mean, it's pretty messy when basically most of your airline schedule is canceled for the day. That's pretty bad. Not just for the bottom line. Can you imagine all these travelers stuck? And again, because so many of these airlines already have routes that are full, where are you going to go? Because I know the other airlines are doing what they can to try to accommodate these folks. This is a post from my friend Jay. He said this was posted by a Southwest pilot recently. Since I work in aviation and am very well knowledgeable on the topic, this is exactly what happened. Hopefully, this will shed insight and those who believe that sick calls and employees not showing up during the holiday causes these major hiccups. This is what, unfortunately, a lot of people have been led to believe. It's just sick calls. (laughs) Yeah, right. This is very insightful. I want you to listen to this carefully. It's a little lengthy, but I think it will shed a lot of light on what happened at Southwest. And it's a cautionary tale for other businesses. I hope you don't run a business like this. So here's the pilot. 
He said, I've been a pilot for Southwest for over 35 years. I've given my heart and soul to Southwest during those years. Quite honestly, Southwest has given its heart and soul to me and my family. Many of you have asked what caused this epic meltdown. Unfortunately, the frontline employees have been watching this meltdown coming like a slow motion train wreck for some time. We've been begging our leadership to make much needed changes in order to avoid it. What happened started two decades ago. Herb Kelleher was the brilliant CEO of Southwest until 2004. He was a very operationally oriented leader. Herb spent lots of time in the front line. He always had his pulse on the day-to-day operations and the people who ran it. That philosophy flowed down through the ranks of leadership to the front line managers. We were a tight operation from top to bottom. We had tools, leadership, and employee buy-in. Everything that was needed to run a first-class operation. When Herb retired in 2004, Gary Kelly became the new CEO. I want you to listen to this very closely, folks. Gary was an accountant by education. His style leading Southwest Airlines became more focused on, ready for it, finances, and less on operations. He did not spend much time on the front lines. He didn't engage frontline employees much. When the CEO doesn't get out in the trenches, then neither do the lower levels of leadership. Gary named another, guess what, accountant to be chief operating officer. The person responsible for day-to-day operations. The new COO had little or no operational background. This trickled down through the lower levels of leadership as well. Do you see this train wreck getting set up already? We're going to share the rest of this letter and get your thoughts as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. Over on the text line, reaction to what we have shared thus far. Let's start here. Pete Buttigieg. Total joke. If only someone held the federal government to the same penalty threats they hold private businesses to. Exactly. This person says the government can force Southwest to pay for your food and lodging. Did I understand this correctly? No, they can't. But they can try to, I guess, bully those entities into doing so. Also this. I think Pete Buttigieg is an idiot if he thinks anyone would go to the government to resolve any issue they have, let alone a travel issue. Another person saying, Vince Buttigieg, like the rest of this administration, grossly unqualified for his job. (laughs) And this little dig, it's obvious Duke Energy and Southwest are using the same software. (laughs) Gosh. And we have this. A couple of compliments. I take back everything rotten I said about you last year. Holy cow. You're the only one working live. I'm impressed. (laughs) Another person simply says, thanks for working today. You are welcome. So we'll continue sharing what this pilot from Southwest has posted. And this is pretty telling. He's telling you about the fact this airline hired two people. The top people in the company are accountants. So they don't know what the hell is going on with this operation. And I would contend to you they don't care. This is what happens when it's all about the bottom line, right? He goes.
goes on. They all disengage the operation, disengage the employees, focus more on return on investment, stock buybacks in Wall Street. This approach worked for Gary's first eight years because we were still riding the strong wave that Herb had built. But as time went on, the operation started to deteriorate. There was little investment in upgrading technology. After all, how do you measure the return on investing in infrastructure or the tools we needed to operate efficiently and consistently? As the frontline employees began to see the deterioration in our operation, we started to warn our leadership. We educated them. We informed them. We made suggestions, but to no avail. The focus was on finances, not operations. As we saw more and more deterioration in our operation, our ask turned to pleas. Our pleas turned to dire warnings, but they went unheeded. After all, the stock price was up, so what could possibly be wrong? Boy, isn't this crazy. We were a motivated, willing, and proud employee group wanting to serve our customers and uphold the tradition of our beloved airline. The airline we built, the airline the traveling public, grew to cheer for and love, but we were watching it in frustration and disbelief as our once amazing airline was becoming a house of cards. A half dozen small-scale meltdowns occurred during the mid to late 2010s. With each mini-meltdown, leadership continued to ignore the pleas and the warnings of the employees in the trenches. We were still operating with 1990s technology. We didn't have the tools we needed on the line to operate the sophisticated and large airline we had become. We could see the wheels were about to fall off the bus. No one in leadership would heed our pleas. When COVID happened, Southwest scaled back considerably, as did all the airlines for about two years. This helped to conceal the serious problems in technology, infrastructure, and staffing that were occurring and being ignored. But as we ramped back up, and lack of attention to the operation was waiting to show its ugly head. Gary Kelly retired as CEO in early 2022. Bob Jordan, named CEO, he was a more operationally oriented leader. He replaced our chief operating officer with a very smart man. They announced their priority to upgrade our airline's technology and provide the frontline employees the operational tools we needed to care for our customers' employees. Finally, someone acknowledged the elephant in the room. But two decades of neglect takes several years to overcome. And unfortunately, to our horror... Our house of cards came tumbling down this week as a routine winter storm broke our 1990s operating system. The frontline employees were ready and on station. We were properly staffed. We were at the airports. Hell, we were on the airplanes. But our antiquated software systems failed, coupled with a decades-old system of having to manage 20,000 frontline employees by phone calls. No automation had been developed to run this sophisticated machine. We had a routine winter storm across the Midwest last Thursday. A larger-than-normal number of flights canceled as a result. But what should have been one minor inconvenient day of travel turned into this nightmare. After all, American, United, Delta, and the other airlines operated with only minor flight disruptions. The two decades of neglect by Southwest leadership caused the airline to lose track of all its crews, all of us. We were there with our customers at the jet, ready to go. But there was no way to assign us, to confirm us, to release us to fly the flight. And we watched as our customers got stranded without their luggage missing their Christmas holiday. We're going to finish this after the break. Don't you find this whole story compelling? It really sheds light on what happened. 
This did not happen overnight. I have to wonder, is this happening at your company? Stay with us. Hour number two is straight ahead. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Hour number two of our broadcast, we've been sharing with you a post from a captain at Southwest Airlines. And we're going to share the conclusion of that now. One of the things I want you to think about as I share this last portion of this particular post, this can apply to so many businesses. One of my favorite shows, I love watching Undercover Boss. I absolutely love that show. And the crazy thing is I probably have not watched it in years. I need to start watching that again. But I loved it. Because... I love just the idea of someone high up in the company, perhaps even the owner, getting down in the trenches with the employees and seeing how the job really unfolds. Because I'm convinced too many of these companies have no idea what's going on in the front lines. No idea. And frankly, many of them don't care. This is why you hire bean counters. We're just going to focus on the finances. And you take what is a very promising airline, and you screw the whole thing up. This captain who posted this expressed the concern the new CEO, Bob Jordan, has inherited a mess. And it sounds like this guy's on the right track to get this thing in a position to where it needs to be, but it's going to take some time. Here's what he says in the conclusion of his post. I believe our new CEO, Bob Jordan, inherited a mess. This meltdown was not his failure, but the failure of those before him. I believe he has the right priorities, but it's going to take some time to right this ship. A few years at a minimum. Old leaders need, need to be replaced. Operationally oriented managers need to be brought in. I hope and pray Bob can execute on his promises to fix our once proud airline. Time will tell. It's been a punch in the gut for us frontline employees. We care for the traveling public. We spent our entire career serving you safely, efficiently, with love and pride. We are horrified. We are sorry. We're sorry for the chaos, inconvenience, and frustration our airline caused you. We are angry. We are embarrassed. We are sad, like you, the traveling public. We've been let down by our own leaders. Herb once said the biggest threat to Southwest Airlines will come from within, not from other airlines. What a visionary he was. I miss Herb now more than ever. One of the reasons I shared this is because this has applications far beyond Southwest Airlines. Other companies are doing the same kinds of brain-dead things. And they will face the same penalty. Once the circumstances come about that actually test 
the viability of these companies. And dare I say it, how about the application to our own government that continues to overspend, that passed this piece of trash omnibus bill, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on. What's going to happen when our children and our children's children finally get the bills, not only for these stupid expenditures, but also the interest? What happens down the road? And others will be left holding the bag. The people who have done all this spending and have, quote, given people so many things, oh, they're going to be long dead. You won't even remember their names. Nobody will care who they were. And I sure feel sorry for whoever puts their hand to try to fix this mess down the road. It's going to be ugly. Yes, some of you, and this is why I so love this audience, because many of you are great thinkers. I love this. <laughs> this texture says Vince-based. The recent airline troubles for customers, you need a new weekly segment on your show called Transportation Thursday, structured as an advice column for Pete Buttigieg. Not that he's capable of listening and learning, though. It'll just make us feel better. <laughs> uh, after the dismal results of the Vietnam War at the hands of Secretary of Defense statistician Robert McNamara, it's a wonder why anyone would put either a statistician or accountant in charge of anything except an accounting department. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Notice how the people in operations who really know how this thing ran... Those weren't the people promoted, were they? Who had any idea how this thing operates? <laughs> the Southwest story sounds like what's happened to our once great country. Thanks for everything you do, Vince. Yes, it is what's going on with our country. Another person saying thank you for being live today. What this pilot's describing... As to what happened and caused the decline of Southwest Airlines, similar to what we're watching, happened to our country in general. With just the beginning, dominoes to fall. If we don't wake up and make the appropriate changes, and no, that doesn't mean more equity and diversity. Ooh. Wow. Vince, nowadays companies and government agencies have managers in charge, not leaders. Oh, I heard a message on this years ago. I loved it. The difference between a manager and a leader. And I'm telling you, most companies do not want leaders. They want managers. And it shows. It really does show. Another texter saying here, Vince, the whole corporate change started around 2000 when technology empowered the bean counters to micromanage profits and destroy corporate culture and employee and employer relationships. Oh, my goodness. See, what have I said to you? And, and I, I, folks, I'm going to make this very clear. I'm going to double down and triple down and quadruple down on this in the coming year because I believe in this now more than ever. 
everything valuable is about relationships. Relationships. And when we lose sight of that, see, when you're in the corporate world and you're just looking at numbers and you don't see people, your company is doomed. It is. Because when you lose the empathetic connection with the people you're claiming to serve, it's eventually going to show itself. People will figure it out. And you're going to pay. You're going to pay. A couple of quick texts before we go to break. I love this one. The country and Southwest are not related. Corporate was stupid. Politicians are crooks. (laughs) I love that one. Let's talk about the omnibus bill. That piece of legislation will destroy our country. We need to be calling our representatives to make sure this thing does not pass. Well, it's too late now. It's done. Which is why Republicans in the House were telling senators not to do it. You're going to be surprised to hear who didn't vote for this thing. And it's not a Republican either. (laughs) Much more as we continue the broadcast. Stay with us. If you'd like to join the conversation, the English Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110, the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line. It is 71307 if you'd like to call or text. Let's go out to a call here from Bob. Good morning. Welcome, Bob. Hey, thanks, Vince. I appreciate you taking my call. I, I, I really enjoy your show. want to wish you a happy new year. But also, I heard you talking about that show, The Undercover Boss. And um, I actually like that show, too. And then uh, uh, about two years ago, the, the CEO, then CEO of the company I work for, was on there. And I found out that the way they work that show is if your company paid, uh, supposedly paid the production cost, which I heard about a hundred grand, you're on the show. So it kind of took the shine off of the show for me and, Anyway, but I still enjoy it. So you're saying there's a financial motive here for what yeah. is shown on the broadcast? You're, you're paying a hundred grand for an hour long commercial. Great Maybe. advertising, isn't it? Isn't it though? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm happy to say that CEO is no longer with us because he was. Uh, well, we'll save that for another time. But anyway, happy New Fair Year. Fair enough. Man. Hey, same to you, Bob. Thanks very much for your call. Very much appreciated. There's always an angle to these stories, isn't there? Let's go out to a call from Mike. Good morning, Mike. Welcome. Hey, good morning, Vince. Um, I just wanted to let your listeners know about the gasoline price gouging at Harris Teeter, corporate-wide. This morning at nine o'clock, gas was two seventy-four, and at nine forty-five, it was two ninety-nine. Ooh! Speaking with the store director, the store director said that the corporate office had called and said, "Raise the price twenty-five cents." Hmm. 
That's rather interesting. Now, I now I don't know the full story about what's happened there, but I would suspect that again these uh, these price changes are affected by the market and if they have the sense that their next supply of gas is going to be higher they're going to raise the price this is just how this thing works i'm not defending them but uh i think that's kind of a warning as to what could be headed our way mike well a- you know i would uh, i'm i'm all all in on the supply and demand curve and all of that the issue is at nine o'clock, the gasoline in the tanks at that fuel station was two dollars and seventy four cents a gallon. They did not receive a new. So you're saying with the see, and, and this is the key thing, Mike. Uh, and again, I do appreciate your call. This is not about what's in the tank; it's about what is anticipated. They're charging you for what is going to be their charge for the next supply based on what's going on with the market. Again, I'm not here to defend that. But this is how this whole setup works, for better or for worse. Let's talk about the omnibus legislation. Just when you thought the discussion about this is over, we've got some interesting little tidbits for you, beginning with this. In all of the complaining, those of us who are genuine conservatives slash libertarians who are concerned about our government essentially bankrupting the country. We've had this concern for a while, and we encouraged the senators, Republican senators, not to support this garbage. They did anyway. You want to take a wild guess as to who on the left did not vote for this thing? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez You want to talk about an embarrassment. If you have someone as leftist as this woman is, and she votes no, now it's for different reasons. She was the only House Democrat to vote against this $1.7 trillion omnibus spending package, voting no because of increased funding for defense and federal agencies that oversee immigration. Okay, they threw some bones at Republicans to get moronic Republicans to vote for it. That's how this thing worked. The vote, by the way, was 225 to 201 to 1. So, with that, and getting passed in the Senate 68 to 29, it's done. Ms. Ocasio-Cortez said she was concerned about funding the bill for Immigration and Customs Enforcement and the Department of Homeland Security, in addition to the $858 billion in defense spending. She's very clear here. See, I, you know what? I'm going to give high praise to Ms. Ocasio-Cortez. You know why? She's honoring her constituents. Unlike Republicans, who screw their constituents at every turn. You hear me? I'm so tempted to mention names, but I think you know the names right here in the Carolinas. I'm just going to be very straightforward honest with you. You've got one decent senator in the Carolinas. One. And his last name is Scott. That's it. 
Here's what Ms. Ocasio-Cortez said. I campaigned on a promise to my constituents to oppose additional expansion funding for ICE and DHS, particularly in the absence of long overdue immigration reform. For that reason, as well as the dramatic increase in defense spending, which exceeds even President Biden's request, I voted no on today's omnibus bill. Good for her. Isn't this amazing? She's following through on what her constituents want. And yet we have Republicans who are flipping you the bird every single day with impunity. And they don't care. They really don't care. And then you have Congressman Chris Coons representing the state of Delaware, my former home state. I want you to listen to this piece of audio. This is a gem. In fact, we're going to have to save this for after the break. But I want you to hear it. Because I heard from this particular congressman something I have not heard from these... I'm not even going to use the word rhino. It doesn't describe. These traitors to the conservative and libertarian cause... They're not even communicating this as a Democrat. This congressman knows this process has been flawed. And I, even though he voted for this piece of garbage, I at least respect the fact that he's spoken on the issue. You're going to hear what he has to say, and then you're going to hear Marble Mouth. Marble Mouth, who's going to talk about how important it is we get things done for the American people. It's really important we get things done for the American people. Oh, my gosh. That much more as we continue our Thursday broadcast. Stay with us. Over on the text line, Vince, great Mitch McConnell impersonation. Let's hear your Herschel Walker impersonation. That's from Ken of Charlotte. AOC voted no because she's already in hot water and deep doo-doo. She's about to be investigated. Hmm. AOC actually voted no because there was no fashion or nail parlor appropriations. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Terrible. Anyone who voted for this omnibus bill has betrayed the American citizens. They're spending money we don't have. Yep, this is hasn't stopped, has it? Hasn't stopped. More of the same. Vince, you've been a source of common reason for me since the passing of my wife. Three years. This coming March. Keep up the great work. Thank you for your kind words. And I hope for the peace of God to fill your life. Continue to sustain you. As you walk this journey. I know that's not an easy thing to deal with speaking of i had the opportunity to visit a person i consider my elder the oldest of my elders don atkin just a few days ago it's good reconnecting with him i think it's been about the same amount of time since he's lost his wife i don't think he would mind me saying this but he made a comment the other day actually this is some time ago He said, I don't enjoy life without Barbara. But he did go on to say just how much God's grace was there to meet him. 
in this season of his life, and I hope the same for you. So let's get to Congressman Chris Coons. He's actually come out, even though he's very proud of what's been done, he is also critical of the process by which they put this piece of garbage together. Here is Chris Coons. I voted for the omnibus and I'm proud to support it, but I don't like the process. And a bipartisan group of senators on the floor of the Senate were talking about how we can change this process going forward. Because frankly, as you said, when it all comes to the floor in the last few days, in the last few hours, that doesn't give us enough time to fully scrub and understand what other members have put in it. Um, I understand that I'm responsible and so is Uh, my colleagues, the congressional delegation for the congressionally directed spending for Delaware. But I don't know exactly what every other member of the Senate has put in the bill. Um, So frankly, it's important for us to change the timing, to get back to following what's in the law in terms of having open hearings early in the year, not late in the year. You know, we've t- we've talked about this plenty of times in this program. When is this supposed to do- when does the budget year begin? Can I remind you of that? It's October 1st. What is today's date? It's December 29th. This garbage got passed last week. They're not following the legal process at all. I at least respect the fact that Chris Coons is talking about this. Not for Marble Mouth. Marble Mouth isn't even expressing concern about process. He rushed ahead with this thing, decided to go ahead with this deal, even though other Republicans in the in the House said there was no reason to do this now. This is just poor, pure foolishness is what it is. So what do we get out of Mitch McConnell? Well... He's pretty much proud of this finished product. Let's listen to Mitch. So, admittedly, I'm pretty proud of the fact that with a Democratic president, a Democratic House, and a Democratic Senate, we were able to achieve, through this omnibus spending bill, essentially all of our priorities. All of our priorities. Isn't that just wonderful? See, I I have to ask you the question. Are his priorities your priorities? I'm just curious. Because I strongly suspect they are not the same at all. Just saying. Squanto call from Randy. Good morning, Randy, and welcome. Good morning, Vince. Vince, I have a question for you. I know you didn't believe in a lot of conspiracy theories. Uh, a couple of years ago, maybe a year ago. Uh, are you convinced now that a lot of these things are planned out by the Democrats that's taking place in America to to downplay America, even to bring America down to its knees and to its dictates? What do you say? Uh, there's no question in my mind. Randy, uh, I don't know how long you've been listening to this broadcast, but if you've not watched... Uh, there's a great video called um, uh, Grinding America Down. In It's called, I think it's was it, uh, the plan, the program, the agenda, Grinding America Down. This is an agenda that's been in place. It's been operated for decades. It is to undermine 
our constitutional foundations. They're working their plan. Randy, the problem is I don't see that we have anybody significantly working a plan to save it. I mean, I'm sorry. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Aggressively, they are pursuing those plans. And I agree with you. These things have been taking place for years. But I'm a Bible believer, Bible uh, reading person. And I just believe that there are some things that's not going to be stopped, whether it be politically or money-wise. I'm with you. Because God has a plan for the end times. And I've always said to my wife a while back when I saw things beginning to happen, that uh, the system got to get ready for the platform of the Antichrist. you agree? I agree with you. It's it's kind of heading that direction, isn't it, Randy? Toward uh, globalization, uh, world government. Yeah, and the pretext. In You know, Randy, they have the pretext for all of this now more than ever, which is to save the planet. Yeah. For yeah. all of the countries to come together to save the planet. Randy, uh, great to hear from you. Have a happy new year. Do call again. Would love to hear from you again. And uh, we appreciate every single one of you who is listening today and sharing your thoughts on calls and texts right here on this broadcast. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.